What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening. This week it is episode 107 and it's a very special edition of Remember the Game. We are talking about the Canadian retro gaming institution that was... Video and Arcade Top 10, the iconic television show from back in the day on YTV. And to help me talk about it is the man himself, the longtime host of VNA Top 10, Nicholas Freaking Pickles. I'm so excited to have this guy on the show this week. If you don't know, Video and Arcade Top 10 ran in Canada from 1991 to 2006. It was on YTV, which was like Nickelodeon here in Canada. Uh, or like from Nickelodeon from the U.S. here in Canada, I guess, I believe. I, it's like a youth television channel. Uh, and it was like a game show, half-hour-long gaming commercial. It's basically all VNA Top 10 was. Every week or every episode, they'd have four kids come on the show. They would play a video game, usually like a new release, and they'd have so much time to get like a high score, collect the most stars, coins, whatever the challenge was for that particular game. And the kid that did the best did won a copy of the game, and then they got to pick a prize off a wall by drawing ping pong balls out of a thing it was like a big it was a game show it was like a kid's game show and they would cover two games per episode and while the kids were competing and playing the games the hosts would talk about the game themselves other games that are coming out new music movies stuff like that uh this was like our video game news site like internet like website like ign or GameSpot or anything back in the 90s and i know a ton of Canadian kids grew up watching this show religiously, just like I did. I said it before, but VNA Top 10 is legitimately a very big part of the reason that this podcast even exists. Uh, it's why we introduced the It's Letter Time segment, and I've wanted to do an episode about it for quite a while. Uh, so I tracked down Nicholas Pickles, uh on Twitter. His, his Twitter handle is at Nick in Buffalo. Uh, I'll put it in the description of the episode as well. Throw him a follow. Let him know you heard him on the show. Let him know how much we appreciate him because he's awesome. And I asked if he would be willing to come on, remember the game, and talk about the the run of Video and Arcade Top 10. And he said yes right away. He was super awesome. Just a really nice, solid guy. We had a great conversation. If you want to know where the nickname Nicholas Piccolos came from, if you want to know the origin of the Letter Time song, how long the kids got to play the games, and all that kind of stuff, don't go anywhere. We're going to cover it all in our conversation conversation coming up right away normally on the show if this is your first episode i cover the gaming news and what i'm playing and stuff like that before we get to the meat of the podcast talking about a game or whatever um but i think most of you are here to listen to Nicholas talk about video and arcade top 10 so we're gonna skip all that for this episode you guys don't want to hear me ramble uh, if this is your first episode, I implore you to check out our library of back episodes, though. We have over 100 games covered from the NES right through to the PS3, Xbox 360 era. There's a lot more profanity, a lot more profanity in those episodes, but there's something in there uh, for everybody. And a bunch of you have brought up that you remember the show, that you loved the show. I have a few comments from our Patreons. Uh, you can submit comments, listen to extra episodes and more for two bucks a month at patreon.com slash remember the game. I snuck in the plug. There it is. And I want to get to a couple of those comments really quickly before I start. Uh, let you guys listen to the, ep- uh, the the chat between me and Mr. Piklos. Uh, Curtis White wrote in and said, I never got to see this show. Are there videos online anywhere? There are some on YouTube. I don't know if they're going to get taken down or not from a copyright flag or what have you, but they're there. 
And it's also airing on Game TV now. Uh, so if you get that channel, keep an eye out for it. That shows up on there. If you never saw it, I urge you to check out an episode or two once you're done listening to the podcast. It, it really is like reading like old episodes of Game Pro and stuff. It's just nostalgia overload. I fucking love it. So definitely check it out. Uh, Duhau wrote in on Patreon and he said, all I remember is how fast or how freaking fast they talked. And you're right. Nicholas actually addresses that on the podcast in our chat. So I'm going to reserve my comments for that, but I will agree with you. You're right. They absolutely did talk very fast at times. Um, and we can't talk video and arcade top 10 without the tribute segment to it here on the show. So it's letter time. It's letter time. This comment comes in from Andrew Halepchuk and it reads, the one thing I remember most was watching the winner of each game tossing on a blindfold, digging around for a red ball to get their choice off the prize wall, and inevitably pulling a less than desirable prize. I can say with about 95% confidence that I never saw a kid pull out the elusive red ball. I totally agree, Andrew. <laughs> Fuck, I totally agree. Like I mentioned off the top, uh, the kid that won the gaming competition and uh, and every episode got to pull a ball out of like a bin, like a garbage can, and they would win a prize that matched whatever number was on the ball. They'd all have numbers on them. And there was like this big wall of prizes. I think that's what it was called, was the wall of prizes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they'd always make sure to show that they were putting a red ping pong ball in as well. And if you got it, any prize you wanted on the wall was yours. They would drop that red ball in, and then they would mix them around, and then the kid would reach in and pull out a ball. And I watched this show religiously, and Every time they reached into that bin, I wanted to see that red one pulled out so fucking bad. And I don't think it ever happened. I totally agree. I can't remember ever seeing someone pull that damn ball. Drove me insane. But they proved it. They dropped it in. It was fucking in there. Um, I love that so many of you are passionate about Video Arcade Top 10. I was absolutely obsessed with this show as a kid. And I got to be honest with you guys. Talking to Nicholas Piklos was a fucking trip for me. It was a really big deal. Uh, it was a pleasure because he was just a great guy. Part of the reason I do the show, part of the reason I'm a comedian now is because of that show and how badly I wanted to do something like that with my life when I got older. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this peek behind the video and arcade top 10 scenes. I'm going to cue that iconic kick-ass music and we are going to talk video and arcade top 10 with Nicholas Piccolos. You guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. So I am so excited this week, you guys. As I will have said in the intro, and I've hyped up on social media and all that stuff, joining me via the miracle of the telephone device is the longtime host of the iconic Video and Arcade Top 10, Nicholas Piccolis. Nicholas, dude, this is a this is so cool, man. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. It's nice to talk to you. It's nice to meet you. And um, it's funny, I... I don't make a lot of phone calls. I don't know who the hell calls anymore, but here I am talking to you. Yeah, same thing. Honestly, this is the like I've been recording the podcasts over the phone for the last couple of months because obviously nobody's allowed to see anybody else in the world. But uh, but sure. when this when when dude when COVID's done, I'm never talking on the phone again because I hate talking on the phone <laughs> so much, uh, so much. But that said, in this instance, I don't really think we had a choice because you're. It's not like you're kicking it around Edmonton, Alberta these days. Where? Where in the world is Nicholas Piccolis in 2020? 
I, okay, where am I? I am in, you know where Niagara Falls is? Yep. Okay, so I'm, I'm near there. I'm a few miles downriver, literally from Niagara Falls. Um, I live outside, and that's like outside of Buffalo. So that's sort of where I live and work and just literally, literally just got um, swabbed in my nose. I swear to God, they hit my brain. Um, I went to go get a, like a COVID test and um, that's a hell of an experience. Highly recommend it. Lots of fun. Yeah. Did it hurt? Like I've been dreading doing it because I'm just, I don't like no, putting anything in my no, nose. I, I, this is my third or f- fourth test and it's just really uncomfortable. Ugh. Like all good things in life, it's a little uncomfortable at first. Isn't that the dude? There's so many like blood work, going to the dentist, this, anything that is going to be uncomfortable, I put it off as long as humanly possible because I'm just a wimp who doesn't yep. want to sit through it. So, uh, so before we get into video and arcade, which is like, oh man, I'm so, yeah, you, you're a radio, you're on the radio these days, correct? Yeah, I was. Um, actually, actually, my whole time on video and arcade top 10, I also worked on the radio. And um, I've been doing like a morning show, you know, like a top 40 morning show in Buffalo um, since the 90s. So uh, I worked a little bit in Hamilton and a little bit in Toronto. That's where I got started. And um, the two kind of intertwined with that's how I got onto the YTV show was through friends and radio. So um, they're, they're totally different gigs, but they did sort of interconnect at the beginning right so yeah okay like that's a, i wanted to ask you that because like i'm a comedian and i know some comedians that are actually like fairly big draws here in canada that got started either on the radio or on like much music or stuff like that so like did you yeah. did you get on video and arcade because of your work on the radio or like vice versa um i don't know about the work on the radio It was more like i i worked with someone who also worked on the show so I think it was more situational as to I knew somebody and they said, Oh, that guy would be good at that. And so, um, that got me in the door and, um, I don't know, just kind of went from there. Was that your first TV, like big TV, like TV experience? Like were you mostly a microphone guy before Um, that? I'm thinking, um, yes, I think I, I, I'd appeared on some talk shows before, um, I had, I had, I was a nightclub DJ before anything. I was working nightclubs and at a really young age, I was working really big clubs. Um, so, uh, I was, I was comfortable being in front of people or, you know, doing that thing. So right. I kind of did it because I needed a job to be honest. It was <laughs> yeah. more of, you know, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask that. Cause like, cause in season one, you were the music guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then you took over as yeah. kind of the face of the show beginning in, in that in season two. So like in season one, yeah, yeah like I, you're, yeah, I, Go ahead. I might ha- I, I should say I might have been I might have been two seasons before I jumped to lead, but I don't I honestly don't remember. It it's kind of a blur. But I did start as like a um you know, a, not the main guy. There were like four people on the show and I was the fourth stringer. I was the extra guy. Um so definitely not a not a lead position. Well, I mean, you obviously did a good job because you went from the fourth stringer to to the leadoff position in like a year or two. And then like, dude, you are the face of video and arcade top 10. Like you're the guy, everybody <laughs> thinks like, did you, so I got a dude, you've probably been asked this a million times. Nicholas Pickless is not your born name, correct? No, it's not. No, my first name is Nicholas. I was born Nicholas. Um, and then I have just a ridiculous long last name. <laughs> so I couldn't use that. And, um, the, Nicholas Pickless was a nickname that someone used with me at the office at the radio station. Uh, ironically, that person's name was Beverly Hills, uh, 
and Bev <laughs> would just call me Nicholas Pickles because she had a maybe a nephew by the same name, and it would just blurt out of her mouth, and it kind of stuck. And I worked with her and her husband kind of uh, closely, so it was more of a uh, oh term of endearment. I don't know. It was just stupid, but it stuck, and people remembered it. And so, um, you familiar with the term blurst, blessed and cursed? Yeah. Um, I was blurst with that name forever, and here I am, like a grown adult person. And it's you know, it is what it is. I can get behind that. I think like there's tons of people that have nicknames and stuff that maybe they don't necessarily <laughs> like. Except your nickname just happened to be broadcast across Canadian television for 15 years. Uh, yeah, I, I laugh at the 15 years because some of my t- favorite like TV shows didn't last more than nine years or you know eight seasons, and I'm like, we did. 780, 60, something like that. So it's just under 800 episodes. And I actually just found the script, the full script of the final show. I never hung on to scripts. Like I was very happy to tear that up and throw it out once we were done the episode. And I just ran across the, 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 the last script of the last show. That's sick. Man, that's yeah. yeah. I didn't like because I'll be honest with you, dude. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a, I loved this show growing up, but you guys went from ninety one to oh six. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 06 yeah. Was oh six was the last year, so fifteen years before that would be oh one. That's that, nuts. I got in on the I got in on the last handful of episodes of the first season, so I wasn't on the first show, but they had I think burned through a couple of guys in that spot by the time um, we got to that last, they would tape a few episodes in a day and I got on that last day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I wanted to like, you could never have a million in a million. Like, do you still get, like, I know I, I like, I felt, I felt so bad bugging you on Twitter. I was like, Oh, this dude's just going to be like, Oh man, leave me alone. But you were so cool. And you wrote back right away and we're like, I'd love to do it. Do you still get a, like, do people still bring it up to you a lot? VNA top 10? Yeah. It's, um, not a lot, not every day, but I'll say maybe maybe a couple times a week. It's funny because uh, there was a network, maybe Game TV, started re-airing episodes about five, six years ago. They started like, I don't know, it started showing up again. And I was working at, um, I was working at a nightclub in Canada called Dragonfly, like in the falls. And the busboys are like, oh, dude, I just saw you on TV. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, you're on like cable. And I'm like, no way. They these episodes were one and done. They were never to be rebroadcast. <laughs> and sure enough, here they are. I'm starting to get tips and questions from people that think we've just recorded an episode and gone, you know, done Legend of Zelda tips. And I'm like, what's going on? That's so sick. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny. So I don't know how much was uh, tongue in cheek, and I don't know if, some of the some of them were legitimate people with legitimate tips getting in touch with me. And I thought it was fun and cool and whatever. Yeah, that's rad, man. Like I just, like you, you mentioned the blurs thing with your name. I, I totally am familiar with that term. It's funny because again, as a comic, like we all like every comedian I know is like desperate for that something to make them a draw. Do you know what I mean? Like an appearance yeah. on a TV show yeah. or appearance in a movie or something. Um, yeah. and, and you, I mean, obviously it's not like it's Seinfeld but like dude you have like people know Video Arcade Top I'm telling you when this episode goes live Canadian we have a lot of Canadian listeners and they're all gonna be like dude I loved that show like we I, when I asked I originally brought it up like about a month and a half ago I just said hey does anyone else remember VNA Top 10 and I was overwhelmed <laughs> by the response like I couldn't believe it. I thought I was like the nerdy kid that watched that show <laughs> but we all watched that show I, 
Dude, it, it rears its head in the weirdest places. Like, um, so I go to Canada a lot, or I did until they shut down the borders, whatever. Right. So um, my sister lives up there. My brother lives up there. I do a lot of stuff up there. My wife is not from there. She gets such a kick out of people coming up to me, and I get a lot of, excuse me, sir, uh, I'm sorry to bother you. Uh, I just want to say, and she just starts cracking up, and I'm like, you don't understand, honey. I'm like, this is a fan that grew up watching me during his formative years. Yeah. And it's a big deal to this guy. So I always stop and talk to people, but it's, it's the most random places I've been. Um, just like, you know, I'll go to Toronto. We go shopping around. We're in the CN tower. I'm in the elevator and some guy starts freaking out that I'm me. <laughs> and, um, I can totally you know, see that. So, so, there's like recognition and it's just, it's a very funny thing. And it's, I don't know, it's fun. Well, it's funny. Cause like you said, this was a lot of our, like I'm 36 years old and like I watched Vita Arcade, like during my formative you're, you're, years. You're right in the zone. Yeah, man. You're in the zone for my family. Yeah, dude. Like I'll tell you, Nicholas, like this, uh, and I'm not just saying this, I've said on the show many times, like this podcast exists because of the Super Nintendo, Super Mario World and Video and Arcade Top 10. Because when I was a kid, that was like, that was my show. It was that and The Simpsons. Those were the two shows that I couldn't miss. And you guys were like before the internet. Like now, kids today can log yeah. on to YouTube and just see any game they want and see streamers and anything like that. We waited for VNA Top 10. That was our YouTube. Like, Yeah, that was the magic of the show is that it really was like an information source. If you loved video games or whatever, um, you would have to watch the new episode to see whatever game was new because you couldn't see some dude play it or some girl play it you'd have to watch it on vna and then you'd see whether it looked good or you liked it and um and i also love the fact that we had like we got mail like handwritten mail and not a little bit but a lot like bags of it we would get the mail room was no joke filled with like huge like um industrial canvas bags filled with mail it was unreal and i would you know, the, the office manager would say, uh, Nick, go in there and pick out some letters. So I would dig down and pull out some letters and um, a lot of funky artwork. Yeah. And, but to, you know, so later in life, now I have kids, I kind of appreciate it more knowing what it takes for a kid to sit down, pen to paper, give your code, do your tips, put a flipping stamp on an envelope and then send it off. That's a big deal. It is, dude. Um, you know what? It makes me feel better to hear that you had all these giant bags to pick through because I probably sent you guys a dozen letters and I never got one read. And every week I was like, oh, they're going to read oh. my letter. And they never did. And that makes me oh, feel better. Dude. So, but you actually yeah. picked it. Like, uh, generally, I would. Yeah. If, um, <laughs> unless I missed, we would do a read, we would do a read through date on the Thursday before we taped. And if I couldn't make it for some reason, sometimes I had to do it by phone just for scheduling. But when I was in the office, uh, it was a you know social hour. That's the time we would get together as a crew. And um, when I say crew, like the cast of the show and the producer and just kind of have fun. On taping date, it was really nitty gritty down to business. Fire off as many episodes as you can without any mistakes. Yeah, that's okay. So that's a great thing. I wanted to bring that up because like when we watch the show at home, it's a half hour show. And I know this now that you throw in commercials and stuff. You guys have what, like 22, 23 minutes to play with. And you guys would mix a couple yeah, of games be, in. Yeah, there used to be a, a magic number of 22 minutes and change or something, whatever it was. Yeah. So what's funny is there was someone, one of the producers, not the main producer, but like a secondary producer would kind of keep track of time and they'd have to back time it. And sometimes if they're not paying attention or something's going long or something like that, 
you'd get to the end of the show and have to really either rush or stretch to fill or speed up that time to make sure that we don't go over or under because it's got to hit exactly, you know, the 22 minutes and change. And so I became the master of filling time with absolute nonsense (laughs) or having to rush through and read a teleprompter like super fast, almost like it's a joke. Like they've given this guy a fistful of cocaine and put him on screen. Um, That wasn't because I like to read fast, but that's literally because there was a person on the other side of the camera motioning for you to wrap it up, wrap it up, speed up, get it done, get it done. And counting me down. And, you know, a lot of that, the letter time song came because they told me I had a minute and a half to fill and read a letter. And those letters weren't long. So I just start making up the letter time song and I'm singing along. And the whole thing was just, um, it was, it was close to live television. It was live to tape. But it definitely, you know, you could stop. If you made a mistake, they would stop. So Right. That surprises me because, yeah, I would think that they would just be like, yeah, just do your thing and then we'll cut and trim and do whatever we have to do to make it fit. No, it's, that no, surprises no. me very much. No. Dude, that's all modern television. That's all, you know, uh, cut and edit and all that. It wasn't like that. There was no, like, once it was to tape, that was it. They didn't go and post. They didn't go and, and fix up or do an edit or shave some time off. No. It was two tape done that day. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I have to just say for the record that like I, I, one of the questions I had to ask you was what's the origin of its letter time? Because I, I introduced that as a segment on our podcast uh, after our 100th <laughs> episode because what that's one of the things people brought up when I was like, does anyone remember VNA Top 10? And everyone was like, it's letter time. It's letter time. And I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that's sick. So you came up with that. That's well, so that, rad. I can't. That was literally a time filler, Adam. That was like, like the producer goes, okay, Nikki, uh, we got a filament in half here. We messed up or something. So just, I don't know, maybe read a couple of letters. We didn't have a couple of letters. I didn't grab an extra one. <laughs> there was a spare letter. I just had this one, which literally had a, a tip on it and that was it. And maybe a picture. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's make it up. Right. You know? And so letter time, literally top of my head. It's not a complicated song by any means. Nope. However, it has, the test of time yeah man it's i mean i'm sure you know in radio as well like it's crazy just some of the weird stuff that sticks something you throw out completely in passing and then it just for whatever reason it doesn't fall off the wall and now that's just part of that's part of canadian video game lore is that it's letter time song and you just made it up to (laughs) stretch out a show that's crazy to me yeah play the game was another little catchphrase that stuck um on the show as well so um i don't know there was we we had i gotta tell you we had really good people on the show. Like everybody went on to do something fun or big. Um, uh, you know, Gord, who originally hosted the show, went off to do these Star Trek spinoffs like Andromeda. Wow. Um, Lexa Doig. Lexa, Lexa was on the show for a few years. Lexa, um, stunning, beautiful girl. The, all the girls were pretty. She was particularly wow. And she went off to do like um, some, you know, uh, I want to say, Fox or FX or some, I've, I've seen her around and she was super nice. They were all super nice. Liza Fromer was on the first season and she was huge on, I think CTV or global or something. And she did breakfast television for years in Toronto, but she was, you know, she was a big deal. She still is. That's rad. Well, I mean, it was just, it was such a huge, like you said, it was such a huge show and all the kids that watched it in the nineties and stuff are, are in their, their thirties and their early forties in some cases now. So yeah, dude, like we, and nostalgia, like, I mean, nostalgia is, I feel like nostalgia has really become a big thing in, in, in society over the last few years. 
But like gamers have this sense of nostalgia like hardly anybody else does. Like we are just so attached to those games that we grew up with. Because a ton of gamers, they start playing when they're kids and it just never goes away. And it was a geeky hobby in the 90s. It's just, that's, it's life now. Like gaming is mainstream now. I'll tell you, the the thing that really blew me away is we went to a couple of like, um, I went to some conventions and uh, we did a meetup in Toronto at a bar, which turned weird. But the amount of people who currently work in the biz as programmers, um, coders, um, that started, they say, I started this because of your show. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Um, you know, and I don't know, it was like, oh my God, and that's turned into your life. And sort of their first dive into video games was this little show on YTV. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, like to me, like the cool thing about video and arcade was like, I had my friends that I would talk video games with and play with and stuff, but like we didn't have message boards or the internet or any of those places to like get oh, together yeah. in these giant groups. Awesome. All pre-internet, yeah. all pre-internet, which uh, I think is pretty cool. Like you have the show, when the show started, there wasn't, uh, you know, Matthew's internet. By the time it was done, everybody had an email and, you know, that that was, I don't say the death nail of the show, but it became more and more difficult to do the show. The other problem we had was a lot of the games were just so violent. Um, I remember having to tell the kids, okay, let's not pick knives as weapons or try not to stab your opponent because there'd be blood gushing out or whatever. And, I just thought that was a really strong turning point. I'm like, we are stuck on games. The only ones we can play really involve like Mario Kart. Yeah, I wanted to ask that because like, again, yeah, like when I was a kid, I think like the most violent game I probably played were like the Mortal Kombats and and, and yeah. I didn't even play those that often. But like nowadays, you're right, unless you're sticking to Nintendo, it's all, it's GTA and, and Red Dead and guns and shooting and stuff like that. Like, did you... <laughs> Like, did you guys pick the games that were on the show or did Nintendo kind of tell you guys what games you were going to use? That was above my pay grade. Oh, (laughs) fair enough. I don't know. That was, there was a producer and you'd get told what games you were doing. And so uh, we, we had our favorites and honestly, what made the games more fun because we didn't really play them. The kids would play them and we didn't, you know, we get a chance to play them backstage or at the office or something. But as far as playing it on the show, I didn't get to do it. What I did get to do was talk about it. And the more interesting and wild the characters were, like the storyline, um, that stuff made me laugh a lot. I mean, like, I'm sorry, what's the character's name? Okay. <laughs> and you'd really have to just learn, you know, dive into this surreal world of the stories of video games, which, you know, obviously is an art form of itself. I appreciated it, I think, more talking about it than actually playing the games. Yeah, I'd believe that. Like now, I'll ask you. Like, were you are were you slash are you a gamer? Like, do you play a lot? Not hardcore, no. No. Nope. And you guys, you said I play. Go ahead. I play them passively and fun, but I'm not not at all. I would never call myself a gamer. I can play some games and I like doing it, but um, I just have so many other interests that stop me from doing that. Right. Well, obviously, big into music. You said you have. You said you have three kids now. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you, um, sound, no, I got, you sound I like got, my dad now. Like, got, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I got three kids, and they're all relatively young. Like the, my daughter was born on the last season of DNA, so she was born in '06, which is how I remember when the show ended. Oh, okay. And um, I've had two others since then, and they're not really into games. They play some phone games, but they like. I'm like, you kids don't even understand. You don't. You don't know what a video game is. 
That's crazy. You know, you know what? I've said many yeah. times, and I know a lot of listeners to the show feel the same way. Like I, I've just I've always played video games. Like since I mean I was born in '83, I've had an NES since I can remember, and I've always yeah. played. And I've always wondered, like, what do people do if they don't play video games? I'm like, what do you do with your spare time? Like, do you guys? And I mean that sincerely. I'm like, what the hell do you guys do all day? Yeah. Like, what do you what do you watch TV? Why are you watching when you could be playing a video game? I just I've never got. But it's just that's just because I'm a nerd, I suppose. I love the perspective of the gamer world. Like, what is the, what is everybody doing if you're not playing? That's very funny. Yeah. So, I, okay. So, another thing I wanted to ask you, dude, is like on TV, each because you guys did two games an episode, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so, like, we only saw these kids play these games for like 10 minutes. So, like, how long did they actually get to play the games, like when they were competing with each other? It was 10 minutes. That was it, eh? Like, it was in and out. Yeah. Yeah, they would... Um, they would so generally they would get to uh, as they were waiting for the show to happen. There'd be like a backstage, like a we'll say a green room, um, where they would kind of wait and get ready, and they'd be able to play the games. And, and there'd be a producer there um, to help them kind of. Uh, so understand, some of the kids had never played the game before. So you're walking into a room, you're throwing a controller, you're looking at a game which isn't released, and you don't know how to play it. So someone would already kind of know how it works at least how to move and get through the rooms and you know what the power-ups are and stuff like that they would get a quick crash tutorial on how to play and then they'd be thrown out there um to play the game for like 10 minutes and you know play as good as you can that's crazy because i was thinking like i always thought that watching this i was like dude i've because you guys revealed so many games like so many games i saw for the first time on your show and I remember watching yeah. some of these kids and being like, I can't imagine, because especially when you're a little kid watching this, like you think it's live, you think they're on TV. And I'm like, oh my God, you're going on TV and trying to learn how to play this game for the first time ever. I was like, everyone's going to be laughing at you if you're doing bad and stuff. Like, did, did you guys ever yeah. get kids frustrated or anything? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anybody would get frustrated. Um, and so that was that goes with the territory. The, the fact is we were getting games before you could get them in public because we were six weeks ahead taping, you know what I mean? So oh. they wanted to, whatever. Um, the games just weren't out in stores. So yeah, and, and I would sense, and those are, you know, those are times we would stop the show if a kid was just kind of losing his cool. And I feel for the kids, and I, you know, I I get it. I wouldn't want to be in that position. You're, you're standing there in some weird studio with your parents across the room. You got moon boots on. You don't know what the hell's going on with the controller. And kids, you know, little bodies, big emotions, you know how kids are. You would sense that from the kids. So I would kind of get the producer, point at the kid and be like, help this kid out. And sometimes if you watch the show really carefully, some episodes, you could see somebody else's hands helping them like down below. They'd send a producer to run out off camera and kind of help them through a level. Oh, I see. Yeah, like, oh man, I can't, because like, I'll admit, particularly when I was a kid, but even now as an adult, like, I have some game rage. Like, when things are going wrong, I get pretty frustrated. One of the cool things about, <laughs> one of the great things about playing the old NES and SNES is those controllers were unbreakable. Like, you could, didn't matter how hard yeah. you threw them or slammed them, they were fine. But I, dude, I, because yeah. I'll tell you, Nicholas, I would have traded a Christmas morning to be on Video and Arcade Top 10 when I was a kid. I wanted to be on that show so bad. And I can't even imagine how heartbreaking it would be to get this chance to be on this show and you're so excited because you know all your friends are probably going to watch it and then you go out there and you're just getting your ass kicked and you're bad at this game and you can't figure it. Like, my heart would break for some of those kids now as an adult yeah, watching that. Yeah, ha- that. that happened, but that, you know, hey, that's life. I don't know what to tell, tell the kids. Um, it's funny because so sometimes if the kids live near the studio, 
it was a good advantage wherever, because we taped at a bunch of different places over the years, but we would have like a list of kids that lived nearby. So if someone else bailed out or a kid got sick, we would be able to call on some family, say, Hey, get four friends, be at the studio in a half hour. You're going to be playing. And so over the years, you would see a few familiar faces and I'm like, Oh, it's the end of the day. And these kids are here again. So this is, you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, that's sick, man. That would have been so rad. Oh my God. Like I grew up in Calgary. I'm like, God, I wish I lived. Oh man. Um, now quick, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, I was reading some interviews and stuff, uh, over the last few days, I saw something where yeah. Nintendo did they, I don't know if it was you or the producer that brought it up. Nintendo would like send security to, to be careful with some of yeah, the games. No, that was, yeah, that was a real thing. That was me. Um, the, the, <laughs> I assume there's a lot of security involving the games where they don't want it leaked or they don't want the competition to get it or whatever. Um, there were a few games and I don't, I don't remember which ones in particular I'd be, I can't, I can't remember. There were games and gaming systems. Like when the cube dropped, we had the cube before you could get it. And uh, it looked, it was kind of Frankenstein up to be used for broadcast. So they would have to connect it to our system. Right. Um, Oh, gosh, they would literally there was a, so there was a, a Nintendo rep and I remember it was usually a lady that would come from Nintendo and then there would be literally like a security dude with an outfit, you know, and I don't know if he had a gun. <laughs> but it was, it, we, we would be, you know, you know, everybody on the set. I'm like, who's that guy? Who's that lady? And they're like, that's Nintendo. They're really serious about not letting anybody take this game. That's so crazy. That was just that was funny to me. I'm like, to me, I'm like, it's a flipping video game. But then, you know, you realize how important it is to that company. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, by today's standards, they send out like review copies to all kinds of, of media uh, influencers and, and, and companies and stuff like that. And they're very strict, like non-disclosure agreements and embargoes and stuff where you can't say a word about this game until, you know, 48 hours before it comes out or whatever. Cause it's such a competitive dog see dog do industry. And I guess back, yeah, in the V&A days, like without the internet and stuff like that, that would have been a great way for someone to get. Hold on. You, you have just given me inspiration. I am the original influencer. <laughs> dude you are, i'm telling you nicholas you are man i'm telling like I, i'm glad that people still recognize you and people still get excited when they see you because i like i have not said a word about this show uh to anybody as far as recording it because i wanted to make sure like for all i know you're not actually you i was like some dude just emailing me being like look i'm gonna jerk this <laughs> jerk this kid around and pretend to be this guy that he grew up watching but like i'm telling you the reaction is, is gonna be crazy how sad would that be if someone pretended to be me? Like that to me would be. <laughs> well, on one hand, yeah, it's sad. But on the other hand, I think you could argue oh that like God. that's one of the measuring sticks of fame these days is when someone makes a parody account of you. So yeah, I, I did have when when Twitter kicked off uh, a while back. Uh, my friend alerted me that there were two other people claiming to be me, and I'm like, that's just pathetic. I'm like, really, me? Like, there's way more fun people you can pretend to be, and so I had to. Uh, have Twitter shut them down, you know? Well, that's, yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, it's not about like people pretending to be you to jerk people like me around that watched you growing up. It's, it's these, especially in today's world where you have to watch what you say incredibly carefully. Some, somebody goes oh, out yeah, there, yeah, pretends yeah, yeah. to be Nicholas Pickless and says something awful and now your career is ruined, yeah. right? So I, I get it. Oh, so, Lord. 
Well, I got to tell you, dude, this is like, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass, Nicholas. Like the reason I do this podcast, part of the reason I got into stand-up comedy was Ghostbusters, Video and Arcade Top 10, and Jerry Seinfeld. Like those were the three things that I just, I would watch them on TV and be like, I want to be like that someday. Uh, and whether so you, you knew- like, What do you like about, tell me, tell me what you like about Ghostbusters that blows me away. What, are you talking the original- Yeah. The very first. Yeah, the very first one. I it's what about it? Well, I mean, you know how every kid's got those movies they watched like every day, you know, when they were kids. Uh-huh. And mine were was the original well, I mean, after it came out it was the original Ninja Turtles, but particularly Ghostbusters. And it was it was Bill Murray, it was Peter Vankman, and just that that yeah. dry, sarcastic sense of humor. And like to this day, I still think it's the best movie ever made. I adore All that right, movie. So have you watched Meatballs? Not not uh uninebriated. So I don't know it very well. Okay, you got so that's Bill Murray. Uh, I think it was after Stripes, before Ghostbusters, perhaps in that order. Um, if you're a Bill Murray fan, Meatballs is essential viewing, and if you can get the director's cut, like it's just so good. So got to do Stripes, do Meatballs, and do Ghostbusters, and the three kind of talk to each other. Oh, it's really good. Oh, um, wow, yeah. I love Bill Murray. And those like, are also, yeah, and, and if you love like Ivan Reitman, all that stuff, that's to me, that's, that's my funny, that's my, you know, funny stuff. And I, it's funny. You bring up Seinfeld. I never watched Seinfeld when it was on. I only watched it after curb. So I, I didn't really like Seinfeld when it was on. Um, and also I was working nightclubs. So I, you know, and watch it. Right. Um, then I watched curb your enthusiasm with Larry David yeah. and I started to get it. I'm like, Oh my God. I, really like Larry's contribution more than Jerry. Like Jerry's a funny guy. Larry's just broken. Yeah. And so I, I went back and watched all of Seinfeld and I really laugh now just for the broken side of it. Yeah. I love, I love both those shows. I like, I mean, I, I mean, Seinfeld is like to me is television perfection, but I think if I watched them for the first time ever now, I would prefer curb. There's something about Larry David and how the thing is, is like he's supposed to be like, some people think he's an asshole on the show and I'm like, is he, or is he just saying and doing the things that we all want to do, but aren't willing to do most of the time? Like to me, he's almost like a, in a way he's almost like a societal anti-hero, like with some of the weird stuff he's willing to say and do to people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He's, it's just funny, but you're right. It's um, to me, it's painful to watch because you know, I'm like, ah, oh, that didn't just happen. And it did. And to me watching curb and Seinfeld, Leon is basically Kramer because he's always eating oh. and he's always kind of showing up in the scenes. It makes me laugh. So Leon, a couple shows. By the way, we were on longer than, than uh, Seinfeld. That's all I can <laughs> you, you heard it here. You're right. Video and arcade top 10 is better than Seinfeld. It was on longer. Yeah, they were, they yeah. were marginally more popular, but we were on longer. Marginally. I'm sure your residual checks are about the same as Jerry. So you're doing, you're doing good. Uh, dude i gotta tell you nicholas this has been like when i started this podcast it was just i was trying to learn how to talk to a microphone as a comedian and stuff like that and we've really picked up a lot of steam and we have a lot of listeners in the u.s but like i'm canadian i'm a proud canadian we get a lot of people commenting on the canadian content on this show and uh to to have you and to to talk video and arcade top 10 like there are a million canadian kids listening to this right now that are like dude that is you're you are the voice of our generation whether you want to be or not you were the uh, voice of a nerdy you. generation man <laughs> like we're a bunch of if geeks. you only knew all the behind the scenes on the show if you only knew all the craziness that went on i another thing you need to understand is uh working nightclubs we would tape on a sunday saturday night's a big night for the club so i would be done the club 
at four in the morning. I'd get home around five. I would sleep for about an hour and a half. I'd jump in my car. I would drive to the studio and we would slam six or seven episodes of video and arcade top 10. Um, so you've got to know. And so, dude, dude I, I show up on YouTube now and then. I'm like, my God, it's just horrible. But it's fun to watch. Um, you know, I, I hate my, I hate seeing myself, but um, it, it was, it was so much fun to do, and there was so many antics and behind the scenes stuff. Um, lots of good stories, lots of good producers. And one side note: the original producer of the show, his son is a pretty big hockey goalie named Brian Elliott, who um, oh, wow. plays with the Flyers now. Really? Yeah, that's so he. Yeah, yeah, Brian Elliott used to come to the set because his dad was our director. So Bill, the director, would bring his son around to play the games and whatever, and he ends up being, um, you know, kind of a, kind of a big-time NHL goalie. Wow, that's cr- you were <laughs> So clearly he didn't let video games distract him from, from sports. and He wasn't one of us no, that just sat his, inside and played dad, video games his, all day. His dad directed the Red Green Show and also directed video on Arcade Top 10. And um, so he was... You know, we had a few directors over the years, but that's that was the first guy. And he's I still talk to him and we've been talking about rebooting the show um, for the last year. That's been put on hold because of, uh, you know, pandemics and whatnot. So um, if the show gets rebooted for whatever reason, in whatever form, Bill will definitely be part of it. That's crazy, dude, because that was the last thing I wanted to ask you was if they decided to bring it back, would you would you go back? But obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, That's crazy. Sure. I don't look too radically different. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, dude. I mean, unless the pictures on unless the pictures on your radio website and stuff are like really old or something, you don't you no. haven't you've aged well. Like I look like shit. You've aged really well. You look like <laughs> you don't look like you've aged today. So good for you. No, it's it's funny. I, obviously, I have, but it's um, it just makes me chuckle. Where I'm like, oh, I could pull this off again. Oh um, yeah. So there, there, I can tell you that yes, we've talked about it. Um, nothing's concrete, but, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened, but my kids ask me all the time when we're going to do the show again so they can be on it because they, you know, two of my kids weren't born when the show was done. So it doesn't really exist for them. Right. Uh, yeah. Do they still, do they watch it? Cause I know they're on YouTube. You said they're on game TV and stuff now. Like, do you, do you, yeah, do your kids I, watch it? No, they, I think they've, they've, they've watched it. I, I don't watch myself on anything i just i gotta stare at myself in the mirror all day it's enough i get that man i can't watch my stand-up <laughs> to save my life so i totally get what you're coming from people don't get it watching yourself yeah. can be the worst thing in the world so so if you when we're done with all this shutdown stuff and you come around like this area or even like the gta um shoot me a note and i'll come and um and watch you be funny deal you know? yeah man i do the absolute comedy clubs in ontario every summer i, I obviously this summer it's not happening because like you said, the world is shut down, but hopefully next year I'm back. That would be fantastic, man. Be my treat. I'll absolutely Wait, so reach out to you. What is, is absolute like a chain or what yeah. is absolute? Is it um, like is a that? small chain? There's three of them. There's one in there in, they're in Toronto, Ottawa and Kingston, uh, privately okay, owned. Cool. And they're dude, I'm telling you like for my money, the, the, especially the Ottawa club, but Ottawa, Toronto, Kingston, they are some of the best comedy clubs in Canada. Like absolutely phenomenal. Okay, great. We have we have like helium here is the is the one. I think that's a chain, or there's a few of them. Yeah. Um, and then you know I think Yuck Yucks is still a big thing, right? Yeah, they are. I mean, yet well, I mean, yeah, audiences think Yuck Yucks is a big thing. I think some of the comics think otherwise these days. But but yeah, they're okay, still around. Right. I don't. They're still around. I don't know the circuit that well, so I'm just you know yeah. I literally 
we have a night off. I see someone funny's in town. I'll go see him. So I'll keep my eyes open for you. That's killer, man. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this, Nicholas. Fucking absolute pleasure, man. And thank you for all the great memories on VNA Top 10. You're a Canadian hero, whether you want to be or not. Gamers in Canada absolutely adore you, buddy. Oh, dude, I appreciate that. And um, share, if you want to share my, like my socials, I think on a couple of them, I just go by Nick in Buffalo. So I'm pretty easy to find. And, um, you know, Always love to hear from people that love the show, so keep in touch. That's going to do it for this very special edition of Video and Arcade Top 10. Nicholas, thank you so much. Is it Nicholas or Nicholas? I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Nicholas, Nicholas. I know Miklos, but Nicholas. Anyway, uh, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show and taking time to talk with me about that fucking video on Arcade Top 10. I love it. And if you guys do reboot the series, we will watch. I promise. So please make it happen. To every single one of you that listened to this episode, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you are new to the show, uh, subscribe to it on whatever podcast subscription you listen back on and check out our back episodes. There's a ton of games there we've covered. If you could think of a retro game, there's a pretty good chance we've covered it. And uh, I would really love your welcome here we'd love to have you and uh with all that said i'll be back uh on sunday with the next episode of remember the game expansion pass our secondary podcast for all our patreon supporters i will be back on wednesday with episode 108 of remember the game and in the meantime clean your controllers wash your hands be nice to each other and all that good stuff and thanks so much for listening you guys i'll talk to you later cheers remember the game is brought to you by our patreon supporters and i'd like to take a moment to thank every single person that has helped make this show possible by supporting us on Patreon. So massive thank you to Aaron Cuphall, Adam Anderson, Alex, Alex Martinez, Andre, Andrew Castro, Andrew Halepchuk, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, April Zane, Batter Barhumi, Ben Bullyu, Ben Busha, Ben Drinkin, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Bullfrog, Charlie M, Chris Campbell, Chris Fleury, Chris Wilson, Corey, Craig Kilcup, Crash Bandiquidit, Curtis White, Dan T, Dave L, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, Desert Tortoise, Duhau, Doug Dorn, Dustin L, Dylan, Eric Kennard, Evan Refuse, Fraser Burns, Gary C, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Jason Adams, Jason Cortez, Jeffrey Mathis, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from Press Start to Join, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegan Wilson, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, Cryptovox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Lord Egbert, Luca, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Matt Brown, Michael Mathis, The Movie Epidemic Podcast, Nathan W., Nick Sills, No Juan Cares, Ole MF, Rex, Robert Fusha, Robert L., Rome 21, Scott V., Sean Razine, Sharonic, Slick Rick, Stupid Monkey, The Bevins Girls, The Matthews Kids, Todd O., Tony, Tyler, Vladstein, and Chuck Schlarp. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Cheers.